Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Michael Cox teaches on powering up in rest. I wanted to just preach right on through to dinner last Sunday because I didn't want to hold it for another week. But last week we talked about, we've been in a series for the last few weeks of Crossroads, the choices that are presented to us because of the cross and the choices of God that led to the cross. The cross is a culmination of many choices and it is an invitation of many choices. And so we've been talking about that for the last few weeks. Last week we talked about choosing rest. We talked about the reality that the place that God has prepared for us, the seat on the love seat beside Christ in heavenly places is a place of rest. When he told Peter, don't let your heart be troubled, I'm going to prepare a place for you, he was going to prepare for Peter a place of rest. And he's prepared that for all of us. So because of the cross, there's a place of rest prepared for you, but you individually all have to make the choice at that crossroads if you will choose rest. And I hope you were motivated, challenged to choose and be in that rest last week. And I want to move on to the second part of that today. If you'll turn to Matthew chapter 8. While you're looking that up, let me just tell you, on another note of what we discussed, I can't wait to tell you what God has done and, and what the path forward is for these guys and for this ministry. It's so exciting. That's going to burn a hole in my pocket all week, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I'll have a lot of distractions this week. We got a lot to do, so I may not... It may not hurt me too bad to have to hold off on that. My wife tightens this up when she wears it, and then it hurts my ear. Buy your own. <laughs> Buy teacher, prophetess, Jahan, her own mic for the many times she shares now. I'm about to buy everybody their own on Wednesday night so I can have mine on Sunday. I empower you to speak. I just don't empower you to wear my mic. (laughs) Okay, guys? Baby steps here. Baby steps. Get your own mic. Start taking it home in my pocket on Sundays. Josh, lock this thing up, okay? Get them one of them cheap ones from Radio Shack. They can do that. This is my favorite place to be in the whole world. It's a sweet spot for me. I have so much fun here. Thank you for the honor. Thank you for the honor. God brought me to a place in my living room. God genuinely brought me to a place in my living room a few years ago that if it was me, and my family, and a handful of other people that I felt like God had given me. And that's all I did the rest of my life. It would be okay. So every week, I'm blown away by the place that y'all give me. I'm so honored and so overwhelmed with it. And I want to steward it well. I want to steward it well. I want to bring you truth. And I want to bring it to you in love. And I want to bring you correction. And I want to bring it to you in love. I had this thought today. You know that you can bring truth to someone in the wrong spirit and it's no longer truth? You know that? So I want to bring truth. Matthew 8. Enough of my emotional preliminaries.
Our power increases while we rest. Matthew 8, 23 and 27. When he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being covered with the waves, but Jesus himself was asleep. And they came to him and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. He said to them, Why are you afraid, you men of little faith? He got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. The men were amazed and said, What kind of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now, a lot of times we read this story and we talk about the awesome thing that Jesus was asleep, and we act like Jesus being asleep was just a super cool thing, that because he was so awesome, he was asleep, and we, uh, we, we want to strive to be able to be asleep in a storm, right? But I would, I would like to come up from a different place this morning, that if Jesus wasn't asleep in the storm, he wouldn't have had the power to speak to the storm. It was imperative that Jesus be asleep. It wasn't just awesome that he could sleep, but he had to sleep. Some of you are like, what? You can't speak to a storm you can't sleep in. Because you don't have, if you don't have the faith to sleep in it, you don't have the faith to speak to it. And so, I've, said, I've known that for years. I've said that for years. But I just saw this week that, well, whatever, a month ago, who knows when I saw it. Sometime between the time I was 15 and today. <laughs> the actual process of Jesus sleeping in the boat was not just some byproduct and part of the story that didn't matter. See, there was, a pro there was something that was happening and being multiplied in Jesus. Wait, he's God all the way. Yeah, but he was man all the way too, right? And so the part of him that was God was being rejuvenated and increased while he slept. And so like pre-nap, he's not able to speak to the storm. What are you, what are you saying? Well, well, guys, it's a hypothetical scenario because there was no pre-nap period for God, Jesus. Right? Are you with me? There was no pre-nap period because he was always post-nap. Because he lived in a constant place of rest. But I'm just saying, if somehow Jesus was ever at the place where he couldn't sleep, then he would also have been at the place where he couldn't speak to storms. And so he displayed for us a model that while you're sleeping in the storm, by faith, your God-man is being increased. I mean, I would even like to say that who in here has got horses? I know Rob's who's got horses. What's the point at which you have control of a horse? When you're riding it or when you break it? I believe that Jesus put the bridle in the storm's mouth by sleeping in it. And then all that was left to do is you put the bridle in the storm's mouth while you sleep while it's taunting you. It's gaining power, it's losing power, and you're gaining power when you remain in rest, when it's trying to pull you out of rest. And as it's losing power and you're gaining power, what you would have had to said when it had more power and you had less power is a whole lot more than what you'll have to say when you've gained power and it's lost power. This is way too good for the response I'm getting today. I mean, I mean it ain't for me. I'm just like, this is God. And I'm like, is this, is this happening? Is this happening right now? Guys, there's a simultaneous thing that happens when you're in rest. The enemy is diminished just by your rest. 
he is weakened when you're in rest. It freaks him out. Has anybody ever played sports with somebody that are really good at talking trash? You can be a better basketball player than the person you're playing. I know this because I was the person who wasn't as good. But I could beat a lot of people because I get them right here. They get so tore up. They start shooting air balls. And I'd be like, yes. Your rest gets your adversary so tore up he starts shooting air balls. And then all you have to do is, now look, when he's at his A game, how hard is it going to be to beat him? You're going to have to be like Michael Jordan, right? Mixed with Shaquille O'Neal. These are all old guys, I know, guys. <laughs> Mixed with, uh, wait, wait, my son got some shoes the other day with, with, with some, I can't even remember these names. What? LeBron James, Steph Curry, but that still ain't the one. He's a real good ball handler. My son got his shoes. Kyrie, yeah. I mean, there's people that you're going to play that you would have to be all of those combined to beat them unless you diminish their ability. And the God that works in you while you're in rest is diminishing the ability of your adversary. He's dismantling the weapons that were set against you to where then no weapon formed against you will prosper. All the bolts are taken out of the tank that would have ran over you, and then you're able to just act like you're walking to the bathroom at 3 a.m. You don't even have to fully come out of rest. You stay in rest, and you just walk over, and you just flick the tank, and it falls. There are things supernaturally that are happening in your rest that you can't possibly comprehend. Isaiah 40, 27 through 31. Why would you ever complain, O Jacob, or whine, Israel? Put your name in there. Why would you ever complain, O oh Michael, or whine, Jahan? <laughs> oh, did I, let me switch those. It's the first. <laughs> You're so beautiful that my attention is drawn to you, so when I'm looking for a name, yours comes up first. Let's start over again. <laughs> Why would you ever complain, oh, Nick? <laughs> or whine, Miss Beverly? <laughs> Who will be the whiner for me, please? Randy? Stop whining, Randy. Saying God has lost track of me. Why would you ever say or whine that God's lost track of you? He doesn't care what happens to me. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. Until when? Forever. Because when's he going to stop lasting? He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired. Quit whining because you think God's like you. He doesn't pause to catch his breath. Thank you, God, that you're not like me. And he knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired. He gives fresh strength to dropouts. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folk in their prime. Young folk, folk. Young folk, ah. Young folk in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait... Upon the Lord, get fresh strength. Can you just see the picture of waiting? Do you think striving is waiting? So I think those words are interchangeable. 
Those that rest upon God, rest in God, get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and they don't get tired. They walk and they don't lag behind. So while you're in rest, you're powering up. And the things that you couldn't beat before, you have new strength to overcome. But you don't get there unless you quit striving and start surrendering. Let's look at it in the KJV for some of you that that's the only one you hear. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Psalm 59, 9 through 10. Read this from the Passion. The strength, my strength is found when I wait upon you. Watch over me, God, for you are my mountain fortress. You set me on high. Look at verse 10. The God of passionate love will meet with me. My God will empower me to rise in triumph over my foes. My strength is found when I wait upon the Lord. And then skip to the last line. My God will empower me to rise in triumph over my foes. My strength is found when I lay down in God, and then when I stand back up, I'll have new power to overcome my foes. But if you won't go through the rest, you ain't going to come out in the victory. Our pride makes us think we got to fight everything. And we got to be, it's going to be done by the strength of our hand. Nothing's going to be done by the strength of your hand. Everything's going to be done by the strength of your rest. Psalm 3, 5 through 6. I stretch myself out. Let me do this. Let me read this one here. I just think it's more appropriate <laughs> and comfortable. I stretch myself out, I sleep. Then I'm up again, rested, tall, and steady, fearless before the enemy mobs coming at me from all sides. See, we want to say, I'm fearless before the enemy mobs coming at all sides because I'm so strong and I'm so spiritual and I'm so awesome and I'm so right and I'm so all these things. Look at me. Look at my t-shirt. Look how big my Bible is. Look at my bumper sticker. I got this. God, I got you. I got you. I got you back. I'm going to help you down here on this earth. You better be glad you found me, God. <laughs> Hang on, baby. I got you. I got you. This whole thing was all messed up until you found me. I got it. We want to talk about all that, but those are things that come about when you stretch yourself out and sleep. Then, y'all know what if-thens are? You don't get the then without the if. You don't get to be rested, tall, and steady, fearless before the enemy mobs. Some of y'all are gripped with fear, and you're trying to tell, you, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. No fear, no fear, no fear, no. I'm not afraid, 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 I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. And you're scared to death. You can't manipulate a manipulator. Coming to church, it can get new tools to manipulate the devil. Coming to church is finding the truth. And the truth will set you free. And the truth will put you in position and put your adversary in position, right? Come on. You ain't just getting stronger, he's getting weaker. If he don't get weaker, it don't matter how strong you get. If God don't position his neck under your foot, you ain't got the ability to step on him. Man, that's good, bro. Dang. Ooh, ooh, that's good. 
power increases in our rest. Look at this. this oh, here we go. I've already named all the old basketball players. Let me, now let me talk about video games, okay? So here. Come on. <laughs> Mario. Oh. All right. Most of the kids ain't in here, so most of y'all understand this. <laughs> How many people know there's things that you can't beat in Mario unless you're big? <laughs> you know there's things in the kingdom you can't beat unless you're big. And you know how you get big? What have we just been saying, guys? Work with me. Rest. Wait. Rest. You get big. There's things you can't overcome unless you rest. David versus Goliath was a mixed mismatch. I remember I used to wrestle with Dad when I was little. I, I just, this just came to me. I used to wrestle with Dad when I was little. And I'd get him. And, you know, I was pretty, pretty awesome when I was even little. <laughs> and I'd get him. MMO, he was about to tap probably. <laughs> like Ezra gets me now. That's the picture. I'm talking about that size. When we got bigger, we both tried to get each other, and then it got dangerous. <laughs> we were like, oh, that's good. We don't do this anymore. That's enough. <laughs> Dad said, I'm getting too old. And I said, yeah, and I'm getting too prideful. I don't want to get whipped anymore. So let's just back up. Let's just stop. <laughs> but when I was little, get on him. And he'd say, i say, I got you. And he'd say, you got me? You got me? i say, I got you. I got you. And then, of course, all of a sudden, you know, he'd just sling me across the room, you know. <laughs> you can't arrest a dead man, okay? So I can just tell you all of it now. No. <laughs> he'd pull me off and get me, you know. And I'd be like, oh, I thought I had you. <laughs> But I just saw the picture, you know, when you're kind of playing. Sometimes with my kids, I just put my hand. I remember Josiah would bow up on me sometimes. Go imagine that. <laughs> One day we were in the hallway, and I said, thou shalt not pass. You remember this, Josiah, downstairs, by the bathroom downstairs? And he's like, oh, I can get past you. And so not only did I stop him, I had to let him know how dominant I was, so I stopped him with one hand. You know what I mean? That's the picture of us fighting the adversary of our soul outside of rest. I got you, I got you. Can you see the picture you see in movies and the little guy's just sitting there and the guy's just got his hand on his head? Are you tired yet? Are you done flailing your arms yet? Are you done flintstone in the car with your bare feet and it doesn't move yet? Are you done? When you enter into rest, there's acceleration. When you enter into rest, there's an increase of strength. That's how you fight your battles. Not, rest is not just a luxury that's awesome if we can get to. Rest is a necessity if we ever intend to have victory. So you got to power up. I mean, you can't win. You know, there's some parts of Mario, you know, when you go to that dragon, you know you got to be big, right? Because you're going to get hit at least once, and you got you got to time that one hit down, right? And you go on through. There's some things that are going to happen to you. You're going to get hit once. 
It's going to feel like you're knocked down. And I tell you what, if you hadn't been in rest, it's going to take you out. But if you've been in rest, it's just going to brush off. And you might get, feel like you have to get, you might get a little bit smaller, but you're just going to run right on by. There's reserves in rest that helps you last. He that endures to the end shall be saved. And I say he that endures to the end are those that have reserves from rest. And then we can run and not grow weary. We can walk and not faint because we've waited and rested upon the Lord. But outside of that, we will walk, we will run and grow weary. Even young men, it says. Come on. We'll walk and faint. Walking. Some of y'all, we think we're going to run a marathon and we can't walk across the street. But if you get in rest, you can run five marathons. David was a mismatch against Goliath. You know what David had to do? There was an assignment to get him to come out of rest. David saw Goliath when he went to the battle lines from a place of rest. I don't get intimidated by stuff. I'm completely engulfed and surrounded and immersed in rest. Why in the world? This is what David was saying when he went to the battle lines. Guys, why in the world have you allowed this uncircumcised Philistine to disturb your rest for the last so many days. I'm confused. I mean, I'm just the little guy that's been keeping sheep. I mean, you guys are the warriors. I mean, no disrespect, but is there not a cause? I mean, why would you just sit here and be tormented day in and day out? Y'all don't like rest? David never had a doubt. He said, well, you know what? I'm going to remain in rest, and if he's between me and rest, he's going down. So, hey, what do I get for that? I mean, might as well get some perks while I'm going ahead and entering it. You know, David wasn't like, oh, what happens? Let me think and let me go and see if what happens is enough motivation for me to do what I want to do. David was going to dispose of anything that kept him out of rest. The rest in him, the rest in him was what was against Goliath. The rest in him was what couldn't be stood against. The rest in him. The rest fought for itself. Are you with me? Are you seeing that? The rest in him. It was the cause that propelled him to just be a little guy with a sling. But it was the rest that was doing the work. It is for freedom that he set us free. It is for rest that rest fights for us. So Saul comes and he says, hey, let's put some of my armor on you. See this picture? This is all the armor that the guys that have been in torment for days have been wearing. So you want me to put on the armor of unrest? John needs to teach this lesson because she's so much better. She'll draw y'all pictures and y'all be with her right now. Try to put on this yoke of unrest that hadn't been proven in rest. It had actually been proven in unrest. This is what people that are not in rest wear. Religion is what people that are outside of rest wear. Trying to fix everybody else is what people that are outside of rest wear. People that are in rest worry about themselves. And they just want everybody else to join them in rest. And they know that if they can get them to join them in rest, then God will take care of all that other stuff. But religion is the armor of unrest. Striving is the work of unrest and all that stuff. And they said, here, where are armor? And David's like, tried it. And he's like, you know, I was resting with the sheep one day. And there was this bear that attempted to mess up our rest. And the rest in me come out as vengeance 
against the one who would attempt to disturb rest. And I slay the bear. And there was a lion that came attempting to disturb the peace of the sheep. And the rest in me was provoked. And the rest in me propelled me to power up and jump on his line and slay it with my bare hands. And that same rest is the one that caused me to come here today and see this giant and think, man, I'm pissing over and smack him in the mouth. Where my, I got my sling. Where my sling at, bro? I'm going to smack you. You don't even know. You have no idea what I'm fixing to do to you. I've been here for 12 minutes, and I'm already, you're already messing with my rest. I have zero tolerance for someone messing with my rest. You're fixing to die. Birds getting ready to be eating you, my friend. David had to rely on the weapon that was forged in him in rest. David was powered up. David was... <laughs> Sound effects, man. I'm gifted in it. <clears throat> You've got to trust the weapon that's been forged in you in rest. Because that's the weapon. You, let me restate that. You are the weapon that's been forged in the rest of God. And you've got to trust that you are that weapon. And that you can just place yourself as that weapon in God's hand. And he can slay. Giants are still being slayed. Come on. But when we forget that we're the weapon that's been proved time and time again in the rest of God, and we get out here trying to be some other weapon, and we start trying to do a bunch of stuff on our own, we look like little Mario trying to kill the dragon. Psalms 127, 1 through 2. I know what time it is. If God doesn't build the house, the builders only build shacks. If God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman might as well take a nap. It's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves? Guys, I'm telling you, you're not going to be successful. I've had people come to me about giving before and say, man, I just don't have faith to give like you do. And I'm like, I don't have faith to not give like you do. You're not going to prosper when you believe you have to hold your money and not release it from your hand. That ain't me being mean. It's me telling you the truth. Don't you know if you do a bunch of stuff outside of rest... You might as well take a nap because it's going to produce nothing. Psalm 33, 16 through 22. Last comment I'm going to make about the time. Leave if you need to. I'm finishing today. Psalm 33, 16 through 22. Even if a king has the best equipped army, Right? Even if you think you're already the biggest Mario there can be. You ain't. Even if a king has the best equipped army, it would never be enough to save him. Even if the best warrior went to battle. I don't know. Who do you think you are? Mr. Big Stuff. I mean, if that's you. All right? If that's you, if you're the best warrior, Awesome! Have at it. I'll be on the couch. Because I used to think I was you. And I got it handed to me over and over and over again. And I'm too tired to do it anymore. And you know what? I used to think that was weakness. But I'm stronger than I've ever been. Even if the best warrior went to battle, he could not be saved simply by his strength alone. 
human strength and the weapons of man are false hopes for victory. They may seem mighty, but they will always. Somebody say always. What does always mean in the Bible? Good job. If you want to rely on human strength while you're waiting for the never of God to disappoint, it's real easy to find the always that you always fail. Wonder when I'll fail again. Now, 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 now. Oh. Always disappoint. The eyes of the Lord are upon even the weakest worshipers. Everybody just go. Because <sighs> a minute ago when I was saying if you're the strongest and you're all that, some of y'all were like, I probably, he might be talking about me. <laughs> but some of y'all were saying, that's not me. So now I'm talking about you. Even the weak, but we really know that the ones that think they are are probably the weakest. Even the weakest worshipers. What's the criteria? It's better this way. I just bow down. All I did was worship. But I did worship. I might be the weakest, but I'm the weakest worshiper. Even the weakest worshipers who love him, those who wait, what can we interchange that with? And rest in hope and expectation for the strong and steady love of God. <laughs> I'm the weakest worshiper, but I'm just hanging out waiting on the strong and steady love of God. God will deliver them from death and the certain death of famine with no one to help. I don't even got to deal with your situation, your circumstances to bring rest right in the middle of it. I don't even have to dispel all your enemies to set a table for you right where you are. I don't even have to mess with all your junk to just meet you right where you are and bring you everything you need in that moment. I don't have to make sure all the right people recognize you and know who you are and know your gifting. I don't need anybody else's help with bringing you total fulfillment in your life. If you'll just worship and rest in me. The Lord alone is our radiant hope. And we trust in him with all our Hearts, his wraparound presence will strengthen us as we trust. We rejoice with an uncontained joy flowing from Yahweh. Let your love and steadfast kindness overshadow us continually, for we trust and we rest upon you, in you. Gotta come to that realization. You know, throw that meter up real quick, guys. I try to be a little bit more modern, but I don't know the, the games, Fortnite, and all that stuff I hear about. I don't know how that works, but I tried to ask some of them some questions, and I couldn't understand what they were saying. <laughs> but I do know as a reality in all games, from when I was a kid to I'm sure Fortnite encompasses it, in, in, it, yeah, encompasses it somehow. The reality that there's always a meter in almost every game, and, there's a and if you get to a certain point, you have certain strengths that you don't have if you're at a lower point. Some games, like I used to play Blitz. It's a football game. Well, we used to love that one, and you could just slam people and stuff. Dub-omb was my dub-omb. What play? Dub-omb. What are you going to run this time? Dub-omb. Hey, I'm going to be sneaky this time. Da bomb. <laughs> but in the old Blitz game, once your meter got up to a certain thing, then you had turbo power. Woo! Don't mess with me if I got my turbo power on, baby. And then things that used to be able to tackle me can't tackle me no more. Things that used to be able to run over me end up getting 
run over, don't they? Things that used to make me have to try to go around, I just go through. Things that used to make me a little bit nervous, when I got turbo, I just tell you what play I'm running. Before, I'm like, I don't have turbo, and he does. I, got, I, got, I can't even run the bomb right now. I got to try something else. But look, if I'm in turbo, hey, Dallas, I'm running turbo. I'm coming right over your face. <laughs> oh, for the body of Christ that would live in a place of turbo and have all the power that's been afforded to them on the cross, that they could walk in the fullness of resurrected life and the rest of the kingdom so that they could walk up to any obstacle and any hindrance and anything and say, move! I'm half asleep on my way to the bathroom, and I don't even want to open my eyes. Just move. I'm not even going to leave where I'm at right now. I'm not going to give you another thought. I don't even want my mind to get active. Guys, I've had some trouble sleeping in this process. You can't, you can't let your mind get active, and I just see that in the kingdom. There's things that you're engaging in your mind that you shouldn't be. You should be asleep telling it to move. Can I give you just a little, just a little thing here? It's kind of funny, but... You need to be a woman and not a man when it comes to using the bathroom in the middle of the night. You ready? Let me tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Hey, let me tell y'all's story. That's what I, I need to tell y'all's funny story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Come on, that'll be such a segue to what I'm saying. What was it? Wasn't a seat left up or something and you fell in? Wasn't that it? Wasn't that it? Oh, oh Lord, that's even better. I ain't going to tell that part. But it, it does prove a point of how mindless that you have to be. See, women have the gift. One time, Kenny was on the toilet in the middle of the night. Susan went in there and sat down on top of him trying to go to the bathroom. Huh? It's out there, baby. It's out there. Don't even try to act like y'all shy about that. Y'all told me that when I was 12 years old, man. Man, I wish church was fun. Oh, if church was fun, everybody won't be here. So look here, seriously. This is the yoke of being a man in a house. If you're a good husband, you got to put a lot of thought in going to the bathroom. Look, I got to turn the light on. I got to get awake because I got to turn the light on. I got to pick the seat up. I got to aim. <laughs> I've taken it for granted before. Oh, I can do it in the dark. <laughs> Wait, I don't hear anything. <laughs> you don't hear something? You in trouble, bro. <laughs> Then it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it because then you got to turn the light on, go get the cleaner. You know, that two seconds turn the light on, aiming doesn't cost you 15 minutes of cleaning, right? Because ain't no way I'm going to let her walk in there in the middle of the night and come back to bed and say, my feet got wet. No way. So look, men, man, it's hard work for us. And I hear men getting the, getting the slack all the time. Like, why don't you raise the seat up? Why don't you put the seat down? Come on, if I do half of it, I'm doing more than you. If I leave it up, I did more than you. What'd you do for me lately? Why don't you put it down, use it, and put it back up for me so I don't got to think about it when I go in there? care if you're pregnant and got to go 27 times in a night. I might need to go one time and I want it perfect for me. My wife, she ain't got to do nothing. No light, no moving the seat, no do nothing. She even uses this excuse. I don't want to flush it because I don't, I don't want to wake the kids up. But, Ben, you know what I'm saying? If the toilet ain't flushed, you got to flush it first 
Bingo. Then flush it again, right? Because if you don't flush it first, you're going to get a little splatter, and you want clean water in there when you get splatter, right? <laughs> hey, we got marriage enrichment coming up. It's a, it's a date on that, like June 1st, something like that. But come on, come on. We need to... We need to handle the devil. We need to handle the devil like a woman going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I ain't even coming aware of where you're at. I don't even care. I don't even care. I'm not going to wake up. I'm not going to give myself time to start thinking about some other problem I have. I'm not going to let you wake me up with this issue and then try to introduce to me 50 other issues. I'm just going to keep my eyes closed. I ain't turning no light on. I'm staying in rest. I may not even remember doing this tomorrow. Come on, that's how we need to live, people of God. Instead of every little thing he says, turn the light on, up and down with the seat. Think about all this. Well, think about 12 other things. I got, I, got, I got up at 3.30 the other night and got my computer out and worked for three hours. My wife come in the bathroom. I had just put the seat down, sat on top of it, put my, TV, my computer on TV train and started working. She said, what are you doing? I'm like, duh, I'm working. <laughs> Is that not obvious? She's like, did you sleep at all? I'm like, yes. From 1.30 to 3.30. I'm going back to bed, babe, at like 6 for two more hours. You act like this is somehow irrational or weird. But that's what happens to me if I give too, thought, too much thought about things. And I come out of sleep, come out of rest. It's hard for me to get back in it. You come out of it, except for to deal with the thing that's been diminished while you were in it, in new strength. See, that don't take a lot of effort. And then you just go back. I'm sure Jesus, once he, ooh, man, thank you, Holy Spirit. Well, you saw that, didn't you? You just saw me get that. Jesus never left rest, walked out in rest, because he had defeated it in sleep. He submitted it, put the bridle at mouth in sleep, and then when he stepped out there, all he did was said, now that you know who's in charge, because I was asleep, do what I say. And you know what I believe happened in that story? It doesn't tell us the rest of it, but he probably went back to sleep. But you know who else probably went back to sleep now? Everybody on his boat. Yeah, that just happened. That just came. That's good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Look. God's intention for you to live in rest is not just for you, it's for everybody on your boat. If you can't sleep in the storm, you can't speak to the storm, and nobody on your boat's going to get any rest. Nobody in your house is going to get any rest. But if you can rest, everybody can rest. If you can rest, everybody can rest. Let me do this super fast because I brought it and I hate wasting a good analogy. This is the weapon God has forged in your rest. As you rest, as you allow him to pull you into rest. You know, when you're archery, isn't this your rest? You pull into rest. As you allow him to pull you into rest, the further you allow him to pull you into rest, the longer you let him keep your hand on you, if he just goes, the longer you let him keep your hand on you and the longer you submit to rest and you let him pull you closer to rest, the more power you have. The more effective you are as a weapon. He's the archer. He wants to accomplish something with you, the weapon. But what's going to be the determining factor of how effective you are as a weapon? It's how close you get in rest. And then you're going to gain power. 
John and I got into it. We were just both studying together one time because there's so much about arrows and then who's the bow? The mom's the bow, dad's this, who's the hand? All I know is he's forged in you a weapon and he's got his hands on you. And the further you let him pull you into rest, the more powerful you are. And we know he has a purpose and an intention. And if an archer has an intention with a bow, then the, the, the better chance of him doing what he intended to do is pulling it fully into rest. It's not going to work properly if it's not fully into rest. It's going to cause whoever the arrows are and all we can try to break all that down, your children aren't going to hit the mark if you don't come into rest. Your marriage isn't going to hit the mark if you don't come into rest. I've got to end with this today because we have to use this fish tank because that's two weeks in a row I didn't get to it. So I'm going to go there real quick, and we're going to leave. I'm going to have to abbreviate it super quick. Let me abbreviate a story from John chapter 9 for you. There was a man who was blind from birth. Jesus came across him. And the disciples were saying, who sinned, this man or his parents, to make him blind? Jesus said, neither. Period. Some people really misinterpret that, but I believe if you go back to the original language, you'll see that that's a stopped thought. Neither. Done with that question. But, see the difference? But, if my Father's going to be glorified in it, we must do the work that he's called us to do while it's still day. Some people say, why is he blind? His father or his mother sinned. Neither, but it was done so that. And that shows that God gave you something to take it, which is a wild game. He doesn't give you what he plans to take from you. He doesn't give you sickness to heal it. He might allow you to walk some, through some things. But he didn't die on a cross and bear stripes for healing to give it to people. Who sinned? Neither. Period. It's kind of like if me and you were going out to rescue dogs. I'm here today, boy. Me and you are going to rescue dogs. That's our job. We, we, we say, man, we're going to go rescue every dog in Powell. We're going to go find dogs that are not being fed and they're malnourished, nutritioned, nourished, and we're going to rescue them, right? So we're on this trail and we're going to go rescue them. That's what Jesus and his disciples were doing, right? And they come across this dog that's sick and looks like it hadn't eaten days. So one of the disciples says, I wonder why that dog hadn't ate. You think it's his owner's fault? You think it's the owner's fault or do you think he's just too dumb to eat? Does that matter? The dog needs to eat. <laughs> Why would we ask a dumb question like that? So Susan would probably look at me and she'd say, Michael, who cares? But if this dog is going to live now, we got to feed him. See, we don't need to know why everything happens. We just need to know if we don't do what God calls us to do, it ain't going to get fixed. We don't, know, we don't need to try to place blame on one political party as to why our society is the way that it is today, even though all of us may have an opinion on that. But there is a bigger cause than any political party as to why we're where we are today. And what we need to be asking is not how did we get here, but how are we leaving here? Weak people sit around all the time and want to ask why we got here and who do we blame. Strong people that are confident in the power of God and they're in rest say, I don't know how we got here, but I know how we're getting out. As for me and my house, we're going to live in rest. As for everybody at my job, they're going to see rest. As for every waiter that ever serves me, they're going to see rest.
As for everybody that I can possibly reach in my life, they're going to see rest and know that God saves, delivers, and heals. That's what powerful believers say. And that's how they live. So I gave you the little analogy a few weeks ago. I'm closing with this. Of how one bad choice cannot change all the choices that have been made from the beginning of time and by all the people. It's an it's a innumerable number. And so your one choice in the sum of your lifetime, that one bad choice you think is somehow going to exempt you from God's choice throughout all of time and humanity. His choice has been you, and his choice has been redemption from the beginning of time till there is time no more. And you can't change that by your one bad choice. But we have got here where we are in spite of God's heart for mankind. He would that none should perish, but people perish. He would that you be in good health and prosper, but people are sick and broke. And I don't mean broke in their bank account, I mean broke in their life. That's not his intention. So how do we get here? Well, let's have a seven-week seminar on it and let's figure it out. Or let's look at how we can leave here. And I believe, even though one bad choice can't change it, I believe we all have to agree that we're in a place that the sum of our choices as humanity right now have led us to a place that is not good and it needs to be changed. So how do we start retroacting? How do we lead, us, lead this society and this world into truth and promise and freedom? Well, just like you can't do one drop in the ocean... This right here, I did some math. A drop is 0.05 milliliters. A gallon is 3,785 milliliters, which is 75,708 drops in a gallon. So in a moment, if everybody's choices in a moment are like those drops, that it would take a, ga that a gallon is 75,000 people's moments. You with me? So in a moment, 75 people, 1,000 people, people would be represented by one gallon. Knoxville's population is 187,347. Knoxville drops is, would be equal to 2.47 gallons. So every moment in Knoxville, two and a half gallons of water is the sum of the choices in those moments. And the sum of those choices don't look good right now. But how can they be changed? And I plan to show you today that this tank right here is 10 times Knoxville. And this body alone, even though the numbers are low today, has the power to change Knoxville. Not only Knoxville, but 10 times Knoxville is locked up right here. It was a prophetic word several years ago over Jahan and I in this house that there's a treasury of resources locked up in Knoxville and they're going to begin to be released into the city and into the nations and the, na the nation and the nations of the world. And I'm looking right now at a treasure of resources that can shape and shift the context of our city. Just in this room. You know how you shape it? I thought you said every choice didn't have, and, and we don't have to strive, we don't have to work. No, you rest. You rest. In every moment, you rest. Let your life be a testimony in every moment of rest and confidence in God. If we do that alone, it's going to be more effective if you go down to... Market Square and sit there and rest confidently in the love of God than to go down to Market Square, get on a soapbox, and start preaching a sermon. People need your rest more than they need your sermon. He said, come to me, all that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rules. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden and are in this society that is clearly corrupt by a culmination of all that's taken place. Come to me now, and I've got a solution. Rules. 
Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you a sermon. I'll give you a song. I'll give you a suit and tie to wear. I'll do all these things for you. I'll give you rest. The answer to the crisis of our city and our nation is unrest. Because people are in unrest. They're trying to deal with the torment of Goliath with the armor of unrest. And the armor of unrest looks for all kinds of things that try to protect you from what you feel inside. And they're turning to all kinds of devices to try to escape what they feel inside. But the only thing that's ever going to take away what they feel inside, what's tormenting them, what's eating at them, is rest. We need a revival of rest, confident rest in the kingdom of God. So I want you to do something today. My goodness, I went long. Everybody should have got a dropper today. Don't use that dropper for what I'm about to tell you. Because trust me, it's hard to get out. And then it'll get all over your stuff. Keep that one clean. But it was imperative to me. We ordered these. I was so thankful that I couldn't get these by last week. So I think it was God that left us to this moment. Put this thing in your purse. Put this thing in your car. Put this thing in some place. I think this thing as a symbol. Now hear this straight. Don't take this out of context. But as a symbol, this is going to be more important than your Bible. Obviously, nothing is more important than what's in your Bible. But if you think you just put your Bible in your car as a symbol, that doesn't help. But if you can put this at a place that reminds you every moment that you have the power because of the cross to affect everything you come in contact with, if you'll just do a drop of rest, then I think it's going to shape the course of your life and all those around you. So take this today. Do whatever you want to. I just wanted to offer you a token of this word so that you will remember to stay in rest. And I want to do this today as we leave. Somebody come play and we're out of here. Play music, I mean. Not Pinochle or something. I don't even know what Pinochle is, but... I stay with the trend of Mario, Michael Jordan, Pinochle today. Prove how old I am. I believe the word demands a response. I don't believe that response is always coming to the front of a building. That's why we don't always ask you to come to the front of a building. But we always do ask you to take the word that's been delivered to you and apply it to your life and do what the Holy Spirit would speak to you and let it alter. Have your own alter experience. Sometimes that's going to happen up here. Sometimes it's not. Today, I think there's going to be power. And God's going to honor your yes. This may seem silly, but I think it's significant. This is going to be an act of covenant. You know, God is a God of covenant. When God made covenant with Abraham, he uplifted his hand. And he made an oath of covenant. That's why we lift our hands in worship. It's not because we're charismatic or Pentecostal. It's because we're making declarations about who God is and we're lifting our hands saying, I'm coming in oath and covenant that I agree with who God is. And today, taking one of these droppers up here, pulling up a little bit of this food coloring in it, and dropping one drop in this water is you committing yourself, God, I want to be a vessel that releases your rest into the world around me. And we're going to see as a testimony today what this body can do in just one moment. See, this is just droppers just representative of you doing that for one moment. But just think if you do it. Just think if you'd keep that prominent in your mind and live in rest all the days of your life what the multiplication of just one person's dropper could do in 10 times the city of Knoxville. 
you have the power to operate in perpetual rest. We could hook up a water fountain to food coloring, and we could run it through a dropper, and if you stay in rest, you'll affect this entire city. I believe that. I'm compelled to that. Me and God are on a little task right now to see what I can do in rest. And who in here today would just say, I'm on board with rest? If you're on board with rest, again, don't use the one in your hand. I challenge everybody to do it. Respond to this word today. I don't use fear and manipulation, but don't let the adversary of your soul see you today. Say, I'm not sure if I want to rest or not. You need to tell him today. Let him know today. Just drop one drop and give it to somebody else. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Redemption Life.